0: Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Mystic Fire. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's podcast message, we are going to be talking about a very important subject, especially for today's day and age. And that topic is the earmarks of a false teacher or a false prophet. I certainly feel that it's important to know for all of us, how to identify whether the people that we're listening to or sitting under their teachings or their ministry or reading their books. How do we know these people are the real deal? How can we tell? Is there a way to tell? Well, there actually are a list of ways in which we can identify the false teacher and the false prophet And we're going to get into those in just a moment. But before we launch into this subject today, I would like to give everyone a heads up and apologize in advance if you hear any background noise during this podcast or any podcast following. Because I have this new headset with a built-in microphone and it is noise-blocking headphones. And when I put them on to record... A podcast, I'm pretty much living uh, in a bubble. I can't hear if a Mack truck were to drive through the room that I'm sitting in. I probably wouldn't hear it. So it's a little difficult for me to filter out that background noise if there be any. So again, apologies for that in advance, but now let's get into today's message. What are the earmarks of a false teacher or a false prophet. How do we know? How do we know that the person we might be listening to is the real deal? How do we know they're not going to lead us down the wrong road or into some kind of trouble later down the line by what they're teaching? Well, there are tried and true ways that we can tell if we are sitting under the teachings or tutelage of someone who might be a false teacher or a false prophet. And a lot of these are are not new. These are things that the early church combated. There were splinter groups and sects and people who came up with all kind of bizarre ideas about what the scriptures were talking about or who Christ was. Or who Jesus was and what he really meant in his teachings or people claiming to be Christ. So these earmarks uh, are pretty pretty old, pretty ancient. They're not anything new, but they are things that the very early church in the very first century, very early on, encountered a lot of these things and combated them quite successfully. Because what, what we're seeing today, especially with the advent of the Internet, is a lot of voices out there, a lot of people telling us that they have this new information, sacred information, things that we've overlooked, things that we haven't been told. They're claiming to be prophets and messengers of God and even Christ himself. And it can be very confusing because some of these people teach some very interesting or intricate things that sound like, well, they could be right. But if they weren't errors and heresies and problems that the ancient church combated in the past, they might be very convincing or even confusing. But a lot of these things are not new. They're old Issues, old teachings, old tricks sometimes that are making a resurgence in the modern day. Now these things have always had a tendency to pop up at different times, and the age we're living in now is no different. But I think a lot of people who have become disenchanted with religion and organized religion, and they're seeking truth, they're hearing these voices, things they've never heard before, And a lot of people have never heard of these splinter groups or heresies, if you will, of the past. And so they head toward them because they think this is the new light. This is the real light. Yes, these people are claiming that they have some secret knowledge or what they're teaching is something that organized religion has held back from them all of their lives. But now they have the real truth, but do they really? Or are they following after false teach- teachers and false prophets? So, number one, the number one way that you could tell if you are following a false teacher or a false prophet is that these individuals will always claim some kind of divinity for themselves. They will say, I am God. I am God's mouthpiece. I am Christ. I am Jesus. I am the reincarnation or the new incarnation of Jesus or one of the apostles. They will always bestow upon themselves some divine title to make it seem like they are God on earth. And some of them also come with the notion that now they will teach you how to become. God on earth as they are. So if you're following someone who claims that they are God or they are God's new messenger or they are Christ or Jesus Christ or the incarnation or reincarnation of Jesus Christ, that's a pretty big sign that you're following a false teacher and a false prophet. And these are individuals that we certainly need to get away from ASAP because generally their teachings lead people astray or lead them to do some very dangerous things in order to obtain that godhood or to evacuate this world and be taken back to heaven with this Christ figure. And we've seen this happen a lot in the past with a lot of the suicide cults who well-meaning and educated men and women began to follow these people. And in the end, they were so convinced that their teacher, this ministry, this person that they found was divine and knew the way back to God, that they were willing to do anything, even take their own lives or the lives of their family members, to obtain this godhood. So it can be a very dangerous path to walk following someone who says, I am God, or claiming some kind of divinity for themselves. The next telltale sign of the false teacher and the false prophet is closely related to the first one, but it differs in certain degrees. And these are the people who will generally tell you that everything you've heard about Christ is not true. They are here to tell you what he really meant, and what he really said, and who he really was. They will generally say that there wasn't anything so very special about Christ. He's not someone that was to be worshipped or looked up to in some divine way because they are Christ too and so are you. So they will always put Jesus in a category that is less than who he said he was. But they will claim that title also for themselves. It was revealed to me who Jesus really was. It was revealed to me what he really meant. And he showed me that I am him, but so are you. And now I'm going to teach you how to be Christ like he was and like I am. This is one that people have fallen for for ages, over the decades, over the centuries, There is no other false teacher or false prophet trick that has been fell for more than this one. And it's something that the very early Christians encountered with the Gnostics and other groups coming coming along with these new revelations of who Jesus was, who Christ was, what Christ is, and what he really meant. But now we must be clear, the ancient church, the church fathers knew exactly who Jesus was, exactly who Christ was. And they learned these things from the apostles. And this is why they combated so fiercely people like the Gnostics or the arians or other groups that that kind of sprang up and demoted christ or took on his title now there is a such such a thing as christ in us but we are not christ we are not jesus the christ if we were to teach this back in the early days of Christianity, they would call us an Antichrist. Because Antichrist doesn't mean against Christ. That word anti or anti in the original uh, Greek means another or a replacement for. So basically it means another Christ that is not Jesus the Christ. And this is why the early church and the early fathers labeled such teachings as the Gnostics and other groups as Antichrist because they were replacing what Jesus said about himself, what the apostles taught about Jesus and about Christ and taking on the title of I am Christ and so are you. So there was another Christ, Antichrist. So this is one that has always been a major problem over the centuries, and a lot of people have fallen for it. And I think that's because of religion has spent so much time telling people how unworthy and shameful and sinful and worthy of hell they are, and God was angry at them that I think when people began to hear this idea, no, God's not angry at you. You're his son just as much as Jesus was. In fact, you are another Jesus. You are another Christ. There wasn't something so, so special about Jesus. He was here to show you who you really are. And we are Christ. And that sounds refreshing. That sounds empowering. And I think that's how a lot of these people have gotten away with that old trick, if you will, time and time again. And we see it even in many groups that are popping up in this day and age, in the modern day right now. There are many who are teaching. They are Christ. So are you. Now, Christ is in us all. But we are not the Christ. If we begin to teach that then we are becoming Antichrist, another Christ, a replacement for Christ. And that is a very big earmark of a false teacher and a false prophet. Another big earmark of the false teacher and the false prophet is that they will usually tell us that they have obtained some kind of special revelation or special knowledge from God, and that they're here to teach us what the Bible really means. So again, this is these are all kind of interrelated when you look at these earmarks of the false prophet or, or the false teacher. There is claiming divinity. There is demoting Christ and claiming they are Christ. Then it moves over into the area of the Bible itself or sacred scripture where they tell us they have a special revelation knowledge and they are going to tell you what it really means and that this special revelation knowledge has been hidden from you on purpose. There are powers that be that didn't want you to know this because again Jesus really wasn't who they are saying he is. He didn't teach what they're telling you that he taught. What many call Christianity isn't Christianity at all. It is a bastardization, if you will, of the truth. But now I'm going to tell you exactly what that truth is. And you will usually see some of the other earmarks in those teachings. What the Bible is really saying, what Jesus really taught us. We are God, we are Christ, we are this, we are that. And so it all kind of starts to blend together into one cohesive landscape. But there's always just enough truth there mixed with the falsity that makes it sound correct. Now again, when it comes to the Bible or Scripture, it has been long believed and long taught that there are layers of wisdom within the Bible. There are codes and there is deeper wisdom, there is deeper insight. Those things are there. They absolutely are. But the false teacher and the false prophet will distort those things or pull allegories and images out of the Bible and make their own interpretation to support their teachings. And they will tell you thats that it is special revelation knowledge that they've received from a visit from an angel, a visit from Jesus himself or a vision, or a dream, or a spiritual download that just came to them from the heavens. But they will always reinterpret the message of the Bible to fit their narrative. And this is where it becomes a little bit dangerous, because I've said in this show before, and I've said it, in my other show when I've talked about it on the spirit side that a lot of people don't even really know what the first century Christians or the early fathers of the church believed or taught they don't even really understand what the apostles believed and taught especially those who belong to a lot of Protestant churches who never really pay attention to that sort of thing. So they're completely unaware that these things have happened before and that there is a definitive teaching about who Christ is, who Christ was, what the Bible is saying, what the gospel message is. But if you don't know what that definitive teaching was, then it's very easy to fall prey to these false teachers and false prophets who come along and say, Oh, I have something very sacred and secret to share with you that's been kept from you on purpose by all of these evil organizations. And then we find ourselves falling into an old tried and true trap because we don't even understand or know that it is an old tried and true trap that is baited with error and what the early Christians uh, and some today call heresy and just out and out false teachings and claims. The next earmark of the false prophet and the false teacher, uh, which we'll just touch on uh, briefly because we already kind of mentioned it in the last one, is that they will always claim that they've had some kind of heavenly visitation or visions that God showed them the truth and the future and what the future holds Now again, I certainly believe in heavenly visions and visitations. If you've listened to some of the other messages I've shared here on the Mystic Fire, I absolutely believe that those things happen. But I think a lot of times with the false teacher and the false prophet, they will use these things as a smokescreen. that They really didn't have that heavenly visitation or that vision. I feel that a lot of them are just making it up because who can prove whether a person had a visitation or a vision or some heavenly encounter? It's very hard to prove. But I think the two things that show us if these things Uh, these visions are true, or if they are made up, is that, A, is that vision causing this teacher or prophet to teach things that contradict the definitive message of the apostles and the church fathers. Now, the church fathers disagreed on a lot of various little points, but they understood clearly what the gospel message was and who Jesus was. So if a brand new vision comes to someone who contradicts that, that person is, is either not telling the truth about their vision or heavenly visitation, or they had a vision or heavenly visitation from something or someone that was not of God. And that can certainly happen as well. Remember, Jesus said, test the spirits. Don't believe every spirit. How do we test the spirits? By their fruit you shall know them. What are they showing us? What are they telling us? Are we walking in greater love and meekness and humbleness and love toward our fellow human beings? And God, after that vision, are we humbled by it? Or are we coming through it seeming very arrogant, very untouchable? I have this truth, and all who contradict me or question me are blinded by the God of this world and the enemy. And that is the next earmark And you'll see, again, how all of these kind of loop together. Because the next one is the false teacher and the false prophet does not like to be questioned. So if you may suspect that you're following a false teacher or a false prophet, and they may seem very wise and kind and wonderful, But if you begin to ask questions or, God forbid, disagree with them, you'll always see a very different side of the false prophet and the false teacher. If you ask too many questions or dare say you disagree with them, some of them will become extremely angry right away and they will verbally berate you. Others may may be more subtle about it, but you'll see it in their eyes and hear it in their voice. As they tell you, you have been blinded. The God of this world is deceiving you. You're being led away from these teachings that I have given you, and this is very dangerous. And they'll begin to use language that makes it sound as if you're teetering right now. You're teetering between the truth that they're telling you and falling into becoming victim of the devil or this world or this world system or the antichrist system that is coming. And they'll make it sound very scary. Because the motive is you better Stay with me. You better continue to give me your support. Because if you go outside of this truth, you are going to be in serious trouble. And your future isn't going to be a pretty one. But they will become very cryptic. They will become very angry. They will become very berating. If you ask too many questions or disagree with them so if you think you're following a false teacher or a false prophet give them the litmus test tell them you disagree with something that they're saying say it once say it twice say it a third time and i'll guarantee by the third time that you say i disagree with you on this you're going to see a very different side Of your all-wise, all-knowing, and loving teacher or prophet. Because they feel that you're undermining their authority. And this is something that they can't have. This is something that they will not stand for. And again, this loops over into the next one very quickly, which is arrogance or pride. These people will never examine what they are saying they will never examine what you're saying if you do disagree with them they will berate you they will kick you out of the group they will yell at you they will punish you in some way but they will never look at themselves and say what if John or Jane was right in what they said what if I am off about what I'm saying Because the true prophet, the true teacher, the true person who has a heart for God, they will always be humble. They will always be peaceable. They will always be willing to sit down and talk to you and to explain things to you. And if you don't get it and if you disagree, that's going to be okay. They're not going to curse you for that. Or tell you how bad you are, or try to punish you or scare you in some way. These things come out of pride and out of arrogance. So if you're following someone who seems like they're too sure of themselves, and they will never stop to question their own motives or their own teachings or listening to the the, the, legit, the, to the legitimate concerns of those who are listening to them or sitting under their ministry, chances are you're following a false teacher or a false prophet because they are always arrogant, they are always prideful. And a lot of people mistaken those kinds of things for strength or spiritual strength. They'll say he's he's so confident, he's so strong, he's so, so sure of himself, he's, he's so sure of who he or she is in God or in Christ. Such a strong personality. But don't mistake a strong personality for arrogance and pride. Because that false teacher and that false prophet Always have both. And they will claim that they have the exclusive truth. And anybody outside of that truth or who questions that truth is either lost or deceived or turning their back on God. And now we have time for just uh, one or two more, but I think think I'm going to combine these two because they are important. The false teacher and the false prophet will always have an apocalyptic message. You will always hear them say things, the war is coming, or this is going to end in blood, or they will come for us, And by the time this is all over with, we will die for the truth. We will die for our truth. So they're always having this apocalyptic message that somehow ends in the death of themselves and those who follow them. Because this is what God wants. This is how it must end. Now again, it is true that when that final day comes and the believers are being persecuted all over the world for their faith, and it's good against evil, dark against light, a lot of lives are going to be lost. But not quite in the way that the false teacher and the false prophet presents it. And the last thing I'd like to mention is that the false teacher and the false prophet will always want to whisk their believers away. They will want to start a compound or a commune where everyone can gather. And this is usually the most and last dangerous step that the false teacher and the false prophet will take, because he will generally take his or her followers and isolate them from the rest of the world. And that's generally when things get really strange. The teachings become more dark. Everything becomes much more apocalyptic. This is when they start preparing for that war or battle of the end. Or they start preparing for the end where somehow they will all inevitably die. This is where the false teacher and the false prophet gets very strange themselves and starts ruling over his or her followers with the proverbial iron fist. Things get a lot more legalistic. Things start to get very strange as the false teacher and the false prophet assumes more authority over his followers. And then we'll see strange things like polygamy. You know. You can't have sex with your wife. Even though you came here with her. But now. I'm going to marry her and take her as, as my own. This is what God wants. You know all kinds of very bizarre rules and rituals and standards that they start to live by. And this usually happens once they take their followers and isolate them away from the rest of the world. So if you're following a ministry or a teacher who is looking to build that special place where everyone can just be together and be happy and do the will of God chances are you're following a false teacher or a false prophet. And when they finally whisk you away, it's going to get very, very strange. And usually by this time, what is so sad about it is that the people who never realized that they were the victim of this kind of person are already so hypnotized or anesthetized or infatuated with their leader. That they're just that one step away from saying, Oh yes, here you can have my wife or yes, I will die for you, or yes, I will drink the poison Kool-Aid or eat the poison jello, or yes, I will beat my children. I will, you know, start to do these very ungodly things. Because you say so. Because you are the leader who is here to show us the truth. And we have nothing without you. We have followed you to the ends of the earth. Sometimes literally. And this is all we know. So be very careful of the teachers and the prophets and the self-proclaimed messengers of God who want to steal you away in the night and take you away somewhere where you can all be living in harmony together. Uh, This kind of thing usually doesn't end well. Now there's a lot more we could say on the earmarks of a false prophet or a false teacher, but the ones shared here in this podcast are the most prevalent, and if you pay attention, again, all these things usually loop together one way or the other. So if you see one, then you will see the other, then the other, and the other, and you'll begin to piece things together, and you'll be able to identify exactly where this person's mind is at, where their heart is at, where their faith is at, what their motive probably is in all of this. Because the false teacher and the false prophet, they're not here to make the world a better place. They're not here to help anyone. They're here to accomplish their own agenda, whatever they think that might be. And as much as we think that the false prophet and the false teacher loves us, oh, they're so wonderful, they're such a good teacher, they're so nice, they're so kind, you'll always hear them say, at some point or another, even to their followers, who would follow them and sometimes do follow them to their death, they will say, I owed them nothing. They followed me of their own free will. I did nothing wrong. If someone gets hurt, if someone dies, if things go bad, they will always say, it's not my fault. I don't owe anyone anything. I don't owe anyone an explanation. What they did, they did of their own free will. I didn't make them do it. So be very careful of these kinds of things. That's going to wrap up our message for today. I thank you for listening. God bless you and your family. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay in love out there. And I'll see you next time here on the Mystic Fire.